Rob, after the rest day, much of the same? Yeah, well, a lot of mountains, a lot of mountains and a lot of aggressive racing in this last week of the tour. It was um, really explosive racing, great watch. And, you know, a lot of days really you could just watch the racing all day long and you'd be uh, in for a real treat, that's for sure. Absolutely. So um, we stopped out in Carcassonne and then we went from Carcassonne to Foy, uh, hilly route back in stage 16. It seems like a lifetime away, but uh, it wasn't too long ago. And uh, that was a breakaway win. Break it down. Yeah, breakaway win, very large move going. And uh, you, know, you have the classic breakaway specialists such as Michael Woods, Woods in there, like big favourites of stage. Also Simon Geschke uh, chasing King of the Mountains points. But quite an interesting one and one that shaped how the bunch sort of raced was uh, Alexander Vlasov coming into the tour as probably one of the top five favourites to win overall. But, you know, throughout this tour, and partly due to having COVID shortly before it started, uh, Vlasov was kind of not at the level probably people were expecting or that he'd want himself to be at. And so being a fair bit down on GC, but I think still just about in the top 10, um, this breakaway really gave him a chance to bolster himself uh, right back into the top five or potentially even podium contention. And I believe at one point he wasn't far off the virtual Maya Jean. So, um, so yeah, once this group went away, real lot of interesting people in that break. Also, Brandon McNulty, um, one of the domestiques for um, Tade Pogaccia, and also Wout Van Aert, uh, who was the acting as like kind of a satellite, satellite rider, so someone to help um, um, his team leader, Jonas Vingegaard, once he was caught um, by the main peloton. Um, so, yeah, quite a lot going on in this break and, uh, yeah, led to definitely quite an exciting stage with the two mountains at the later half of the stage. And uh, a win for Hugo Hoon, who, riding for Israel Startup Nation, uh, picks up some much-needed points for their team. Um, decent, decent sprint towards the end. Yeah, yeah, so Hugo Hall going clear on the last climb, still quite a way to go. And yeah, just um, his, I think everyone else in the breakaway at that time was kind of looking at his teammate, Michael Woods, who um, would probably have been the favourite in the group at the time. Essentially, um, yeah, Hugo Hall just went and then kind of people started working to bring him back and they quite quickly realised he was actually the real deal. This has been a fantastic tour for... Hugo has really put in some fantastic performances and you know, he's put in some good time trials in the past, but this tour for me, for him, and particularly this day, um, has been a real step up for him, dedicating the win to his late brother, uh, also a keen cyclist who was killed in a car crash uh, by a hit-and-run driver. And yeah, clearly a very emotional day for Israel Premier Tech, who I think on a, on the whole had a fantastic tour altogether and... Uh, to round off Hugo's win, Michael Woods coming in in third to make it a 1 3 for the team of Israel Premier Tech. Yeah, and uh, it's probably worth notice uh, mentioning uh, Chris Froome. We did mention him previously, but he, he got he managed on stage 12 to get himself up there. Uh, so, yeah, as you mentioned, decent tour for the team. And uh, that leads us on to stage 17. Uh, big mountainous, or rather short mountainous stage, aggressive racing. Uh, UAE finally finding their domestiques 
um starting picking up the work starting doing some jobs but uh still um Pogacar not being able to shake off Vingegaard no we really saw it and the kind of real real comeback of Brandon McNulty kind of been most disappointing at the Dauphiné and then disappointing probably in the first two weeks of this tour but all of a sudden um became the third best climber in the race by quite a way just riding on the front on the latter climbs and only leaving uh, Jonas Vingegaard and Tadej Pogacar on his wheels. Some truly miraculous stuff from McNulty and um, another one coached by Imago San Milan, who's uh, Tadej Pogacar's coach and um, a very, very highly respected scientist and all around very clever guy. Uh, he's clearly doing great work with his athletes and, um, yeah, McNulty really pushing on, um, leaving it basically just down to Tadej Pogacar and Jonas Vingegaard left at the head of affairs, but just wasn't to be for today. Um, you gave Jonas some good attacks, but ultimately I think Jonas Fingergaard just had the measure of him and probably the stronger guy. A few years ago, uh, you, you could argue uh, McNulty is underperforming. A few, year goes, few years ago, rather, um, the coach, uh, who is it, Sam Milan, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he came on the pod uh, not this podcast, but another, I think it was the Cycling Tips podcast. And he was talking uh saying McNulty has numbers very, very close or similar to Pogetta's, whose were night and day beyond anyone else he had worked with before. Um he was talking absolutely world class, but not just world class, like top of the bunch. Um, like far beyond other riders like Contador and whatnot. Um, so it's interesting that he hasn't quite lived up to those numbers and it kind of tells you as well, it's not all about the numbers um, and the physiology of the riders. It's It's got a lot more to do with other things as well. Um, but yeah, since, since hearing that, I've always looked out for McNulty's num- uh, results rather and I've always been disappointed not seeing him up there. But Perhaps he's turning a corner and we'll be seeing more of him at the front of the races. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think he'd be one of the... Well, he's definitely shown enough glimmers of a real top performance to potentially be one of the big guys, one of the main GC guys over the next few years. Still a young guy. And yeah, maybe San Milan. I think I think he said similar things also about um, the new Spanish prodigy. When I used to say his numbers are as good as Pogacar's, but I don't know. That's three pe- two people he said are as good as Pogacar. <laughs> they're, pro- they're probably not. But um, yeah, yeah. I think Monolty's shown good flashes in the past. I think the team's shown a lot of faith in him. Uh, I remember at Tour of the Basque Country, I think they uh, last year or maybe the year before, I think they showed a bit too much faith in him. Um, but yeah, really showed a real special performance here today and arguably in my opinion the third best climbing performance out of anyone all tour after Pogacar and Vingegaard so yeah I think it's consistency that he really needs to work on if that Brandon McNulty turns up every day to the tour you know he's a genuine tour contender but until he finds that consistency um, probably not yeah so into the stage tour uh, stage one by Pogacar trying to ride Vingegaard off his wheel, but Vingegaard held strong. I, I, I thought that might have been a turning point. Stage 17, you know, Ving, uh, Pogacar only literally having two mountain stages left 
and perhaps a TT. Obviously, he wouldn't be able to win on the TT alone. He'd need to gain some time. But I thought stage 17 was like a morale boost, uh, a kind of a sign for what was to come. Uh, Pogacar obviously winning the stage, but not shaking off finger guard, but definitely having uh, the upper hand in some ways. I, I thought the tables had turned, the momentum has changed, but it wasn't to be. Mm-hmm. Stage 18 changing again hands uh, back into Jonas's favour. Yeah, for sure. I think when you look when you look at it, I think that stage 17, you could argue like, yeah, UAE were clearly the stronger team than Yumbo. However, they succeeded in giving Pogaccia uh, the best opportunity to possible to drop Jonas. And, you know, he failed to do it. Um, with the best possibility possible, with the, with the best opportunity possible, and yeah, for me that was when I kind of lost faith in Pagatch and really thought this this tour is over. Obviously, easy to say in hindsight, but um, yeah, we like you say we saw similar on um stage eighteen when I think Yumbo were probably yeah better placed to do, to help Jonas defend than they were on stage 17 but yeah I'll let you let you start us off tonight yeah so on into stage 18 another um fairly short um a mountainous stage starting in Lords uh to the Hotakam which is perhaps uh after Abduez one of the most famous climbs of this uh Tour de France uh but again um Huge, huge attacks, and uh, well, uh, Jonas, Jonas taking the win, um, almost making it look easy, gaining time again on Pogacar. Uh, phenomenal p- performance from Pogacar, but Jonas just on a different level. Um, yeah, making yeah, him look go sure. backwards. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We saw, um, yeah, Pogacar really pushing the final descent into the into the final climb and. Yeah, Jonas almost crashing. Pagatcha really looking, looking to force errors from him there, and it was Pagatcha who actually went down and was the first to crash. And we saw a really um, nice sporting gesture from Jonas. He waited, waited for him whilst he crashed on the descent. And yeah, I feel that was the moment the tour, the tour really died because after that, I think yeah, Pagatcha's head dropped. His man had essentially um, kind of waved the the white flag for him and. Yeah, for the rest of the descent, just sat on Pagatcha, who was no longer really racing at the descent. And yeah, Pagatcha then just riding onto the final climb, quite injured, probably both in pride and uh, yeah, just the physical scars he had. And yeah, Jonas, Jonas just going away to put another minute into him and ultimately, yeah, really confirm himself as the uh, GC winner of this tour. But um we have to mention as well Wout Van Aert's performance coming third on potentially the hardest stage of the tour, uh, mountains, maybe not. Um, but yeah, Wout, Wout in third. And I've heard some people, this is enough to make them say he's a future Tour de France winner. Oh, I don't buy it myself. But but yeah, amazing climbing performance from Wout Van Aert, who at one point was looking good to take the uh, King of the Mountains jersey. However, it was his teammate, Jonas Vingegaard, who, who stole it away from um, Simon Gashka right at the end, um, also taking that classification, essentially setting that one up as well. Rob, a few things to break down there, but we'll start with the gesture of Jonas waiting for Pogacar. I, I think 
uh, of course, it's an iconic moment, uh, an iconic image, of course. Uh, however, it's it's difficult um, to go and read the mind of Jonas because technically he there's no point for him to ride away. Uh, in fact, it'd be easier for him to just sit on the wheel of Pogacar, which he was doing all along. And um, Pogacar actually gave out his hand uh, and not Jonas. So... I don't know. It seems like um, it was everyone's obviously talking about great sportsmanship and all the rest of it, but I just thought it was uh, smart racing tactics. Yeah, I agree personally, to be honest. I think um, obviously he could have continued and just kind of turned it into a time trial, which I think actually makes it quite dangerous. But like, you know, you're basically in a one-on-one time trial against Pogaccio. Yeah, you get a 30-second head start, but you know, if you blow, you blow. But if you just go back, wait for him, give him a nice handshake, you sort of null that sort of dogged killer instinct to attack you. And, you know, then you just sat on him on the descent, which saves you energy, sat on him on, on the climb that saves you energy and, you know, gives well further chance to get up the road and, you know, help you out uh, later on in the race if needed. And, yeah, I feel it was a good move. I think it, I think... Yeah, waiting for him to be honest also probably is better tactic as well I totally agree with you and yeah it was a really weird one but um, yeah I think the probably it's probably nice uh, publicity for them as well everyone just saying it's nice sportsmanship but yeah for me also the right uh, tactic to win the race I feel yeah and uh, got to say like it's still like all of that aside that's an iconic moment having the two top riders in Tour de France, one coming off and one almost coming off, that that could have changed the face of the race uh, if even just one of them had uh, had ended their race there and then. But um, managed to stay on and it was business as usual. Jonas, uh, as you mentioned, gaining time and Pogacar trying and trying but not gaining anything in the end. Um, but nonetheless, he put up a fantastic fight. He did not uh, he he didn't care if he came fifth uh, or tenth thereafter. You know he was fighting. He was all in for the first spot. But uh, kudos to the onus. Um, and then uh, there's a second point I wanted to talk about. Um, Rob, you mentioned Van Aert perhaps not making it to GC. Like, why not? I think he's just too heavy, and yeah, he's put in. He's too heavy. I think he's just too thick a set rider. Um, to really lose enough weight to get to the climbing level of like Vingegaard and Pogaccio. I think he, he can get to David Gaudu level, which might be fourth place in this tour. But you look at the difference now when you see like Pogaccio and Vingegaard compared to Geraint Thomas and David Gaudu, it's a million miles yeah, ahead. And yeah, yeah. on form Roglic as well is like a million miles ahead. And I don't think. I think he knows he can't beat to that level. So, A, I don't think he'll ever try. I think, oh, as well, I think I think, I think, think he's, he's just too thickly built. It doesn't make sense for the team to have another GC leader anyway. Yeah. And, you know, he's not the current type of rider he is, the classics rider he is. He's not achieved his goals there yet. You know, he's got Milan San Remo, but to fully be a classic superstar 
like an all-time great like Cantrell or Sagan, you, I think you need a fair few Roubaix and Tora Flanders under his belt, which you know he, he simply doesn't have. I think he's one of the all-time greats of this generation, but I don't see him as a Grand Tour winner. I think his climbing still a long way off. You know, this stage he essentially dropped Danny Martinez and Thibaut Pino, which is good. But those guys aren't at their best, and even at their best, they're a long way off Vingegaard and Pogaccia. So, so yeah, it's not going to happen. A lot yeah. of people think it will, but I don't see it. You can win a one week stage race. You can win a Paris a Paris Nice or something like that, but yeah. not a Tour de France when you got Vingegaard, Pogaccia, and uh, Roglic at their best. In my opinion, I don't ever see it happening. No, fair enough, fair enough, um, but. Kudos to the guy. He can win mountains. He can win time trials, and we'll go into that in a bit. He can win sprints, and as you mentioned, he's he's a cracker. At, you know the spring classics. He's uh, he can win cyclocross. Mental, mental. Um, and here we are talking about him potentially being a GC rider. You know, uh, so kudos to the fella. Um, stage nineteen, then uh, flat stage. Uh, gave us a chance to calm down from <laughs> stage seventeen and eighteen. I've, I think uh, just just to mention, like I think we're in for a treat, uh, Rob. Next ten, potentially fifteen years, we've got Pogacar, we've got Jonas Vingegaard. If Bernal manages to get back to form, we've got him coming through. McNulty, as you mentioned, could pick it up in a few years. We've got in the classics, we've got Van Aert, Van der Poel, uh, we've got Alaphilippe. Oops. Five, the next five or ten years looks absolutely brilliant for us. Uh, it's it's not going to be one person ruling them all. Well, Van Aert may may well do that, but it won't be uh, one rider dominant in the Tour de France like we've had previously. I don't think. No, I I, I don't see it. But also, yeah, I I don't expect Gatcher either to be winning winning the Tour when he's thirty. Generally, you look at guys who've won. When they've won the white jersey and the yellow jersey in the same year, so young riders' jersey in that jersey, yeah, like yeah. people like Andy Schleck, their careers end quite early. Like so, Andy Schleck, like if you're quite new to pro cycling, you'll have never heard of him just because he retired so many years ago. But essentially, he's younger than Alejandro Valverde, and it is just you can't. Very few people, especially in this modern era, can stay at the top for very long. I think. Chris Froome's probably one exception, but I can't really think of many apart from Froome who you can really say has been one of the best riders in their discipline for more than five years. I think it's very hard to stay at that top level now. And, um, you know, you know, training science, people, everyone knows a lot more. Like the guys who are under 16s, under 18s, there's so many more high-level coaches out there that it's not really who you end up knowing, who you end up being coached by. It's just a current. It's so competitive now. I think yeah, the sport's yeah. getting a lot more competitive, a lot more people trying to turn pro. And I I think it will just get flooded. I think Bernal, Pogaccio, Vingegaard, I reckon five years' time, we'll, we'll just have totally new names probably most people have never heard of before winning the tour. And yeah, I don't know. That's my prediction anyway, obviously. Oh, really? Wow, okay. I don't. I didn't see them hanging around forever. I think just the level, the level of talent development is just so good now that you'll always just keep 
having more guys come through. Like, well, yeah, obviously Bernal, Bernal has been like, his, in, his career has been set back by injuries for sure. But yeah, when he first won the tour, people were like, oh, that's the next 10 tours won. But, you know, I don't, I don't think there's many, a lot of people probably don't think he'll win another tour. So, so no, yeah. But I this be... is what I'm saying, Rob. We've got, we've got potentially three or four different world-class athletes who, who we can't say they won't win the tour. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, the level high. Yeah, level absolutely, high. absolutely. And, Hopefully uh, competitive because we don't want to, yeah, we don't want to see people winning by 10 minutes that of a tour. Like if, yeah, if yeah. the Gatrill Vinger guy crashed out in the first week, it, it would have been a pretty terrible, terrible yeah, tour for GC. Absolutely. I think I think the Gatrill could have probably put 10 minutes into Geraint Thomas on most days, sadly, so... <laughs> So, yeah. No, good point. Good point. But yeah, it's the same goes for the classics as well, really. It's uh Yeah, for sure. Like finger licking good, you know. Yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed the the British interest that Pidcock turns into the rider everyone's hoping he can be, for sure. Yeah, yeah. As you That's mentioned, what... future Tour de France we're now potentially or G C rider. Um, yeah. Yeah, well let's, let's see again, and that's another tenant I didn't even mention. Uh, so yeah, yeah absolutely we'll stage 19 uh surprising win surprising win yeah weird one um obviously one of the final well obviously one of the very few sprint stages obviously it's just this this stage and paris left for the sprinters to win and yeah yeah there's some lumps and bumps enough to drop some of the thicker set of sprinters who are really like struggling throughout the mountains as well and then sort of kind of a little few lumps in the finale and um yeah with not far to go we had quite a strong breakaway including fred wright and jasper phillipson it was quite weird we saw wout van art who along with jasper phillipson was probably the, those two seen as the joint two favorites to win the stage dylan groenewegg and also expected to do big things as one of the sprints getting over the hill surprisingly well and um, yeah, we saw about 10 gates go, Van Hart riding on the front, almost looking like he was in a protection role for Vingegaard. I was quite surprised. And then I, I think I, I clocked Laporte on his wheel and I think it looks like they were um, giving Laporte a chance. Obviously, he's a class rider in his own. And up until this point, there hadn't been any, any French winners of the Tour, which the French always get very upset about. Although... I think it might be a regular occurrence for them over the next three or four years that they're struggling for tour wins, yet alone um, a GC win. And um, yeah, essentially, he just nicely bridged across the break on a little incline, um, then jumped them with about 300 metres to go and really caught everyone out through just great positioning, really clever racing. And uh, yeah, Jasper Philipson wasn't able to close him down and Another fantastic win for Jumbo Visma and their third third rider to win a stage this tour. So, yeah, kudos to them. who seem to be able to win pretty much anyone. So, so yeah. I think that shows the depth of the team as well, you know, and the fact that it shows they're the best team as well, um, winning with such varied amount of riders, yeah. winning, what, five, six stages? The yellow jersey, the green jersey. Um yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if any team is able to compete with them next year uh, as a team yeah. as opposed to just uh, just GC. Um, but yeah, that'll be, that'll be For interesting. For sure. Interesting. 
it's the background staff you have to really praise as well. You know, like Christoph Laporte, the main guy at Cofidis, you know, you're given every opportunity under the world, like, but whether here he's definitely more in a domestique role than, you know, um, never really won as much as he had at Cofidis. No, oh, he's won a lot more at Yump this year, his first year at Yumbo, even in the domestique role. And, you know, he's clearly a much stronger, better rider now. And I think you can really put that to the team behind the team, um, those training him, those looking after him. And that's what ultimately plays a very large part in these cycling teams is who's supporting you and really great support uh, for the riders at Yumbo Visma. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that then takes us to stage 20. Um TT stage, it was meant to be a finale, a showdown between the two uh, two top riders, but obviously um, the gap between Vingegaard and Roglic was too large for it to be so- as such, but um, regardless, uh, Van Aert stole the show. Yeah, it was an interesting interesting TT. I, I, I watched quite a lot of it, I won't lie. And yeah, for Filippo, is billed as Wout van Aert versus Filippo Ganna for the stage. And, yeah, Ganna's kind of looked off all, all tour. That one breakaway he got in, um, kind of getting surprisingly dropped in the latter stages. And, yeah, kind of posting a bit of a disappointing time. He was off a lot earlier than the other contenders being much further down on GC. And, um, yeah, I think he knew probably quite early on the win was unlikely for him, but he hadn't like Balcomolima only 40 seconds down, Matteo Catania only a couple of seconds further down. And and yeah, the writing on the wall wasn't looking good for him. And yeah, as soon as Wout van Aert came through the time checks, it was it was clear Wout was on for a, a real stormer. And it actually turned out our uh, all GC podium were the ones challenging him and a real nail-biter all the way to the finish with Geraint Thomas, Tade Bogacar and Jonas Vingegaard all at times looking looking good to take the win on the stage throughout their rides. And yeah, um, Geraint Tadej fading throughout the ride. And to me, it looked like Jonas could have won this stage. He definitely sat up on that final climb. Yes, and... yeah, I was thinking the same. I yeah. Thinking. I'm not yeah. sure it was enough for him. I think Art would have won it still. But yeah, there was definitely, it did cross my mind whether he... He set up just to give Art the win, considering he's obviously got the yellow jersey himself. Um, yes, for sure, for sure. And he, he sat up for at least at least ten seconds, I'd say. He sat up for, and whether Van Art would have just won by nine, I don't know. But Vingegaard definitely choosing to soak in the fact that he at that point had basically fully won the tour with no one ever, well, virtually no one ever losing time unless by their own choice um, on the stage in Paris, which is always the final stage of the tour. And yeah, a real special moment for the team. And what what a tour Jumbo Visma have had for sure. And yeah, Vingegaard's being crowned in the best way possible by celebrating a one-two with his uh, loyal domestique, Mount Van Aert. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, just uh, again, just showering praise on their team. Uh, stage 21 then, uh, this is a ceremonial stage, really. Um, it's also a very prestigious stage for the sprinters. It starts uh, a little way out in Paris uh, before heading to the city centre, doing 
laps of the city center. Um, before they head into Paris, there's usually, uh, you know, team celebrations, um, photo shoots while on the bikes, of course. Uh, before then, the racing starts in the inner city. Um, as I mentioned, very pres prestigious. Uh, every sprinter dreams to win on the Champs Elysees. Uh, yeah, um, I, I don't think there's much more to add to that stage per se. Uh, no. Would you say, Rob? Uh, no, I hate. I hate to. Obviously, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of sprint stages. I much prefer big mountain battles yeah. and time trials for sure. But yeah, you have to appreciate the final leads out and just the scariness of those. Uh, those those um those run-ins and the, the terrifying crashes you can see but but yeah ultimately i feel um probably the best sprinter of this tour jasper Philipson taking a deserved stage win and Vivian groenewegen coming a very respectable second and yeah fair play to a lot of these sprinters for getting through these tough mountains it's been tough for a lot of them at times caleb ewan and fabio jacobson being two that are really struggled and yeah, just a great uh, great way to end the tour. And obviously for Alperson to Koenig, very happy. Matthew van der Poel, uh, kind of their team's talisman. Quite a big flop for him, but Jasper Philipsen uh, coming away with two fantastic sprint stage wins and uh, one on the Champs Elysees, which is certainly worth a lot in advertising, that's for sure. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so just then, Rob, what... Over the tour, then, who who's the biggest winners in the tour uh, in terms of teams and individuals as well? Think, yeah, yourself. biggest winner of the tour, um, definitely the agent who's got Vingegaard and Mount Van Aert <laughs> on their books. I think, uh, yes, probably probably going to be receiving quite a lot of money when their next contract comes up. That's for sure. Um, yeah, those two guys, you have to say, are the two standout riders of the tour, uh, Van Aert. Famous super domestic role taking his stages and yeah, one of the most dominant um green jersey wins we've seen in a long, long time, maybe forever. Um yeah, those two are the main winners, obviously. Everyone in the Yumbo Bisma team a lot to celebrate. Pagacha showed a fantastic level as well. Uh, those two, um definitely the big winners of the notable ones, Geraint Thomas, great cogback. I don't think many people uh at any point um, even until halfway through Tour de Swiss, really saw him ever putting in another respectable ride again, yet then confirmed. Um, Chris Froome, Chris Froome, and Chris Froome fans, a lot to celebrate for them. Looks like he is riding pain free, and you know, one day hopefully we can see him back to some sort of former level. Are you putting a great ride on Alp d'Huez, and you know, uh, I'm very excited to see what he can come back and do at the Vuelta. Hopefully some strong rides there. And if he ever gets to be a semi-serious GT contender again, I'd go absolutely mental. I'd love to watch a bit of that, but probably not. But he's he's given us a bit of hope, that's for sure. <laughs> His time's coming to an end, I imagine, Rob. But I think one it can is. Hope, I think one it can is. hope. Um, so who's the biggest losers, do you think? Uh, thanks, Hadley, Lotto, Sadal. Not much to celebrate for them. Um, yeah, Caleb Ewan, kind of bit of bad luck, but you do sort of make your own luck in these sprints, and maybe his lead out isn't what it could be. Um, so no points for them. Team potentially who's been struggling all year. Uh, they have got quite a nice young rider in Andreas Crony put in some some strong performances, but you know, never really pulling off that much of a noticeable result. 
Um, other than that, I'm trying to think, I didn't think, oh, Movistar, pretty look lackluster tour for them. Enric Mass, you're probably aiming for a, a quiet uh, fifth on GC, but not even getting that. And yeah, really not much for them to celebrate. And I think Quick Step, you have to say Quick yes, Step. That's who I was tour, thinking of. Yeah. You know, there's people generally, you can kind of say there's four big teams in the world right now. You got Ineos, Jumbo Visma, UAE, and Quick Step. But I'd say they Quick Step are quickly falling out of that top four for me. Um, I'd say they're having a bad year. And it's across the board. It's every single rider. It's not just one or two riders. I'd say their whole team's levels dropped. There's not a single person on that team. To be honest, I'd even say he's at as good a level last year, to be brutally honest to them. Um, yeah, they won the first two stages. Yves Lampart, his win is in part because of the weather changing during the time trial. I think if he's in the same conditions as... Van Aert, Pogacar and Ghana, he doesn't podium, to be brutally honest. And yes, Jakobsen won a sprint stage, but he clearly didn't have the fitness to get over the mountains. Um, so yeah, not good for them. I, I lo- I'd love to see Cavendish there, but I'm not convinced he takes a stage either, to be honest. Um, so yeah, I'd have to call them the big losers. Uh, Astana also, they were totally anonymous. Alexi Lutsenko putting in a semi-respectable rides come about 8th on GC I think um, but yeah not great for them um, and yeah other than that yeah, DSM Bardet fell through a bit but showed some good form um, yeah no one else really having Bahrain Bahrain probably fell quite short they usually expect a lot from themselves but yeah they're a fair bit down on their usual level um, but yeah other than that can't really think of too much. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I would have gone for pretty much the same. Movie star not doing well. Or uh, quick step, very poor. And yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, what we got to look uh, to look forward to then, Rob? Well, yeah. So we're part way through um, the women's Tour de France currently. So yeah. that's uh, providing some great racing. I really recommend people tuning in for that. Um, yeah, generally, you can kind of women's potentially, especially the hilly racing, can be a bit overly predictable with uh, anime and potentially being a bit too dominant for it to be enjoyable, sadly. Um, but she's been struggling with illness um, so far, which has really open, opened it up quite a lot, actually, I think. And I'm not sure what her level will be um, on the other climbing stages, but as we see women's racing rapidly professionalize i think these races are going to become a lot more competitive especially on the climbing as well which kind of hasn't been for the last few years um but yeah some fantastic racing a lot shorter races as well for these women so you can really watch it start to end because it's just crazy a lot crazier than men's races which is generally a lot more controlled pagacha who's a I don't know if it's his wife or his fiance now, but yeah, saying he prefers watching women's racing just because it's it's so aggressive, which it is to be fair. Um, so yeah, tune in for that. Also, you've got Tour of Poland coming up, Commonwealth Games, um, and yeah, San Sebastian, San Sebastian, Vuelta in a month's time, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Vuelta as well, and then the 
World Championships. But yeah, sadly, we're on that sort of uh, post-tour, though, sadly, it's not not a great depth of racing for a while now. It's all all on the weltering world champs now, to be honest. But yeah, yeah, some good stuff uh, to build us up, especially the women's tour. Definitely recommend giving that a watch. Absolutely. And uh, on that, Rob, let's call it, and I'll see you on the next one. Yeah, for sure. See you soon.